Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Happy Throwback Thursday, everybody. Oh, we hope we're having a good week. I, you know what? I, listen, I'm, I'm going to get very, I'm going to be health conscious for a second. If okay, I may. Rob, I mean, bring it so on, my friend. Talk about, but oh my God. Yes. I went out last night, Kevin David Thomas. Yes. Out, out of my apartment. There is life outside of my apartment. Kevin, I went outside. And there were clusters and clusters and clusters of people, none of them wearing masks, touching, sharing bottles, no known Annette, not on my non-X block, not on my non-X block, Annette. Disappointed, my friend. You know, we went out, we go on a daily walk, you know, we live slightly different lifestyles, you and I, because I have a child and a wife and uh, I get up at five in the morning and you probably go to bed like at five in the morning. You. And uh, give me some we'll share yes. it all. Oh, just Judy Kuhn, sing for me, sing for me. No, but I go for a walk, and uh, we go on. A, we live in Astoria, and we, our our little strip is the Ditmars. Um, and uh, you know, it depends on the time of day. But we have been so shocked at how few people are wearing masks when they're. And the strip is a very, very busy place, uh, and we're very disappointed. We're very disappointed. And then some some sections, yes, go in the store. Obviously, you have to wear a mask. Great, good, thank you, uh, thank you, uh, and you're welcome. But my goodness, uh, I, truly. And then and then in the evening when the bars, because you know we have a very uh, neighborhood friendly social nightlife. And hey. We love to get a little cocktail, a little frosé. Frosé is very – one person got a frozen machine, and then all the restaurants got the frozen machine. But frosé, very popular. Go for a nice little walk on your way home. It's very lovely. But hanging out, having a kiki with everyone else in front of, like, you know, 20 you people. No. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, come on. You put your mask can, on. Go home. Go home you, and have it. I, I, yes. You can kiki, but put your mask on and put on your gloves. And don't share anything. I was so upset yesterday, Kevin. I was so angry. I could not. Oh, I'm so sorry, Rob. Well, I went out for a walk. I wanted to listen to an obscure musical. And Which one? I, I, I just, I got so angry. Skyscraper. <laughs> Julie Harris. <laughs> Skyscraper. Nice. Wow. Wow, with the, Julie Harris. The, which which ends with the with the penultimate Charles Nelson Riley song, "Save That Building," and you're like, "Good for you, oh, Charles." Everyone's favorite Charles Nelson Riley song, of course. God, man, I was born in the wrong era. I could have been a huge musical comedy star of the '50s and '60s because I don't sing and nobody cares. Back then, you nobody played, cared. You would have played the same age too for 50 years, Rob. You would have been the same exact. You would have been playing Sancho for like 20, 20 like 75 years. I am Sancho Panza. I got it. Oh, no, no. You're like, I'm Sancho. <laughs> <laughs> I follow my, uh, uh, you know what? They did not do the best work with him. Poor I, Sancho. I, he him, I like him. I really tear out my fingernails one by one. And I like him. And, and now see, nope, here, verse. I don't have a very good reason. I know. Why are you still singing? Like since I've been wow. cuckoo, like since I've been something cuckoo nuts have been in season. Okay. I have a confession. Yes. I have never seen, <gasps> no. never read. No, no. And no. I'm going to, I'm no. going to top it. No, no, no. Or no. have I heard 
No. The cast no. recording of Man of La Mancha. I cannot believe this is happening right now in my life. I know. Now, now, now. You're at, you, I swear to you, I mean, I've never... I know Dulcinea, and I, I know... I, I mean, I know The Impossible Dream. It's all going to sound so dated if you listen to the whole thing. Like, you guys, listeners, how, how should we introduce him to... To it because you can't watch the film, like obviously, and, and you and, and you and if you listen to the original, I mean, you know, uh, Kylie, of course, Richard Kylie is my favorite, but the, the Brian Stokes Mitchell, I think, is where I would start. I I I think that was such a stunning production by David Laveau and uh, go, was, oh, I love him. I love was, him as a director. Uh, so I've seen this production. I've seen productions many times. I did it in community theater in high school. I know it. I know it inside and out. I love this score so deeply i cannot believe and i thank you for this confession because i know there's going to be a show where i say the same thing most happy fella has been the most recent one for me i i really don't know most happy fella but uh, what? Really you don't know most happy fella i've listened to it like once or twice like the two piano version like that weird one you know where they but i'm i i need and then it's an opera so i'm getting like the selections i call you rosabella and i, I know, do not I know, know your like name songs but i don't know it you know the way oh i I was you know, in a production of it at community see, theater. But isn't that why we love shows when we were younger? Because we did it. Why would I ever love street scene unless I did it in college? Well, I love street scene, but it's only because I did it in college. So, but full, I, I just can't, I, Man of La Mancha, that is absolutely fascinating that you don't, that I, I cannot wait for you to hear it. I cannot wait for you to really get, because it's passionate, it's beautiful. They never, I mean, obviously you know this, there's a, you know, gonna, they I'm, never had a hit afterwards. It was flop after flop yeah. after flop after flop for those, that you know. You, the you mean Halloween writers. wasn't good? Halloween wasn't good or? <laughs> Or Home Sweet Homer didn't cry. Land. What is it? Cry for us all. Cry for us all. I, yeah, I that mean, I've listened still- to. Ironically, I've listened to Cry for us all. The craftsmanship is there. Anyway, sorry. I uh, no, 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 no. You didn't. No, please. I, I'm going to tell you why I don't think I'm into Man of La Mancha. And please forgive me for this. Oh, now, okay. So you're not even into it now. Well, so no, 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 not, not, not the not the encouragement. That sounds not, like not, no, 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 not the like, like you've got an opinion. Like you're a little prejudice against it. No, like not the desire to seek it out, not the desire okay. like you did on Most Happy Fellow to be like, right. I have a hole in my education. I want to fill it. Right. I uh, when I was in high school and going into college, my 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 friend Alexis Berger and I we used to she used to come over. I don't even know if she listens to this podcast. But she used to come over like midnight and we would stay up till six in the morning watching DVDs and VHS bootlegs and drink tea and gossip. And one of the big, seriously. And then one of the big things we used to love watching was my favorite Broadway, the leading ladies and Linda Etter sings. uh, What is it? For no reason. Not, not, Oh, (laughs) it's Linda Etter. She doesn't want to talk talk about her. (laughs) It's I am sings, I Don Quixote for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I know this and, because I was in college, and this is Derek Kobe and I, my best friend Derek Kobe in college. We used to listen to this, and we were like, "Why is she singing about this?" But who cares? Because she's singing her face off, and that's why. Uh, oh, well, okay. Well, here's the thing about singing her face off. She's singing the song. Is she acting? And well, she's she's holding out a really long note, and she's very impressive with it. And as she's holding it out, she like sees somebody in the front row and like winks at them and like raises their eyebrow, like raise her eyebrow, like an acknowledgement. And I was like, what the hell is this? You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? I saw her in concert once with Michael Feinstein. It was the most boring concert right? of my life. But, and she's like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, you're singing. My God, you're singing. Stay in the moment. Oh, please. Are you kidding me? She was like, she is the epitome of the Coconut Grove Playhouse Presents 
insert name. You know what I mean? Like, how you doing tonight? And then keep singing. She had no, when I saw her in concert, there was no personality. There was nothing going on. It was a voice. It is a killer voice. And a voice that would say, you know what I would really sound good on? I am I, Don Quixote. The, the vowel lines are so great. My voice, let's take it up a fifth. No, let's take it up like a seventh. Let's just like, just like take up an octave. I'm just going to hit all the high notes. She sounds great. I've never seen her the on stage. whistle tones at the end. That, never, you know what I'm talking we, about. We used to laugh so hard at that that I remember my parents would say, you have to keep it down down there. Like you're laughing. You're laughing too hard. I was always at the same thing. It was always at Linda Adams. I mean, she's yeah, very talented. Insert the song right now and just hear. Well, the it's not. Yeah, you know, it's not even the song for me. It's the look. It's the fact that she's like totally like looking at somebody else and saying, "Hi, oh, how you knows. doing?" While she's holding out a note, and I was just like, "I can't." And it's also like, "How good do I sound?" Right? She's like, "And how good saying, do like, I sound?" I sound fierce, right? Like you and do. She this. does, but she does. We're, she's a. We're also we want acting too. We want storytelling. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, I, I will even accept the not acting. I'm okay with that as long as she's not like, "Hey, how you doing?" Like, right. no, you, that's what got me. And so we used yeah. to laugh so hard at that. So because of that, I really haven't had a lot of interest in um, uh, uh, following up on Man of La Mancha. But maybe, maybe I should. So the song actually detracted. So her rendition of it actually took away, even though it had nothing to do with the show, nothing to do, no acting, no nothing. And, and, and it think, detracted from what your idea of what the show could possibly be. And I, think, I, I hear this because I've, I felt this with other shows before. Yeah, I mean, I, my, I think that my, in my naivete, my feeling was, well, it can't be that good of a score if she can just dismiss it so much do you know what i mean and that and that was sort of my and i had heard the impossible dream and i think when i took voice lessons they made me sing it once and it was not pretty uh the impossible dream was to match the pitch Um, we'll use that song great kevin's gonna give me voice lessons by the way everyone i've just my therapist was like you need to do things that are a little bit more um uh, out of your singing is zone. very vulnerable. Sing, singing is a very vulnerable thing. So I'm excited. I think that's a. It's gonna be. No impersonations. So you can't. You no impre- no impersonations. Like people what? hide. Be, you will hide behind your impersonation. You I, will hide uh, behind the goulet. You are not allowed to hide behind the the, the impersonations oh when we do our lesson. Oh there it is. boy. Uh, <laughs> I have to put on a mask. <laughs> I have to put on a character. Goulet and Phantom. That. Uh, oh, he would be about great. That, in Phantom. Boy. He would be great. Nighttime Sherpins. They thought about it in the 80s. You know they did. Items each sensation. Touch it. (laughs) Feel it. (laughs) Can I say that? (laughs) Masquerade. Blah, blah, blah. Masquerade. Hey, my face is on parade. (laughs) They're on parade. Masquerade. Now, let me ask you a question here, Hal. Put the glasses on over your eyes so you can see what I'm talking about. So I have a deal with Harris. That no matter what show I do, I have to promote it. So is it possible on my mask either to, you know, write down Harris, June 7th through the 9th, or I'm willing to spend a little money on this. Can we do an electronic scroll on the mask and it lists all of my dates? I mean, I don't, I think it'd be gauche to, you know, announce my date. So I think it's just good if it's playing on the mask. Just seventh through the ninth, too, only three nights. <laughs> and then, like a week. <laughs> and then I have an idea, Hal. I don't know if you're gonna like this, okay? So when I take off my mask, instead of doing the ugly thing that Michael did, what if I take off my mask and I look like Buddy Hackett? Because <laughs> that's because <laughs> that's pretty scary. I don't know if you've ever seen Buddy when he wakes up in the morning, but oh, it's not a pretty picture. 
<laughs> no, no. Okay, great. So no, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't hide. Hey, speaking, speaking of nothing, I have no transition. Um, I can't. I love when you try though. I love when you try. I really, that was nice. I'm usually that good at good. it and, and, uh, and I don't have you know one. What? We have, we have something actually really exciting going on this weekend. Yes. Don't we? We've yeah. got our, our trivia night is back and we are, we took a little week off. There's a lot we going did. on in our country and our lives. And we, we did. We reflect. Yeah, we felt, and thank you everybody for, for agreeing with us. Um, you know, we felt that there was, I think everyone's time was better used in other places. And I think uh, everyone's energy was better used in other places. And I think that's true because we're now seeing a lot of progress and a lot of change that's happening because everybody focused their energy. Um, and, you know, Kevin and I first started this podcast uh, years ago. We thought that, you know, you know, we'll try, we won't really talk a lot about what's going on currently, but I think there's, there's, there's just no way that you can't. There's just absolutely no way that you can't. And um, I'm very, very proud that so many in our community are committing themselves to fighting uh, racism in, in theatrical institutions. And I, I know we've all taken the pledge and now we have to hold each other accountable. And that includes us. And that includes our podcast as well. You know, if you feel that uh, we're missing the mark and hopefully we'll be able to catch ourselves before we miss the mark entirely through our own self-education, please let us know. Let us know. We, we, we want to do better. And maybe that means celebrating the past in a different way or looking towards the future in a different way. But we're, we are holding ourselves accountable as everybody else is holding themselves accountable. And, 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 and go we're going to keep the conversation going, too. We're, it's not just saying one thing and we're going to talk about it for a week or two and then that's it. But it's, it's to keep the momentum, the movement moving forward week after week after week after week. Yes, and we will try to hold ourselves accountable. And if you feel that we're slipping, please let us let us know. Let us know that is so, that is so we can share with everybody too. I mean, like yes. this is we are in this together. When we want to learn together, and we want to, you know, educate ourselves and you know learn and and you know help each other. Absolutely. And in in going into that regard, um, we were approached by a listener, Jarell L. Henderson, who's in Chicago. Um, uh, and Jarrell had this really fantastic idea of doing a trivia night, and it's all about African-American musicals. And it's something we had talked about before, but we're very grateful that Jarrell has actually put the wheels into motion on this. And so Jarrell has curated Saturday night's trivia event. Saturday night is 8 p.m. Um, it's the African-American musicals. He's done an amazing job. It, it's, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting uh, evening. And very proud to say that um, all of the proceeds are going to the Story Catchers Theater, uh, which is located in Chicago. And uh, the Story Catchers Theater, I'm just going to tell you all a little bit about it right now, is um, Story Catchers is determined, passionate, and eager to find a path to success, as according to their website. And after hearing their powerful stories and seeing them achieve things they never thought possible, this is refutable. So it's really for minors. It's minors that have been incarcerated and using uh, music, story, and dance to work out uh, the traumatic experiences that's happened to them and putting it into powerful musical theater. And I think that's really, really fantastic. Um, and it's a necessary and vital thing. And we have made a pledge that um, every dollar that's donated to us for trivia, we are going to match it for Story Catchers Theater. So I hope you'll come out and donate. It's on Instagram and on Facebook, um, how you can play on Saturday night. And it's going to be hosted by uh, Jarrell, who's curated a really, really lovely event. 
Can you, I know you might not have the info in front of you, but if, if we don't subscribe to our us right now on social media, can you just give us the instructions if one were to want to do that? By the way, a side note, you guys, the Storycatcher's website, if you want to check it out, mm-hmm. and I highly suggest that you do because it's a beautiful website. It's storycatcherstheater.org, theater spelled T-R-E dot O-R-G, storycatcherstheater.org. Yeah, it's it, and it's got a lot of good, great, great stuff on there. Yes, how can you play? Well, once again, it's this Saturday um, at 8 p.m. And what will happen is, is you can Venmo me at Robert-Schneider-Number5 on Venmo. $5 suggested donation. You're more than welcome to give more than that, obviously. And if you don't use Venmo, you can also do PayPal. And I'm just Rob W. Schneider at gmail.com on PayPal. Um, and if you would like to contribute, but you're unable to do so, or I mean, unable to play trivia, just go to storycatcherstheater, like Kevin was saying, .org, and go to the donate button and click directly. And if you can screenshot your receipt or let us know the amount that you donated, we will match it. We'll match it. So that is um, Saturday's trivia activity, and we hope to see you all there. Um, Kevin, what is your favorite thing? Okay. Well, my favorite thing, um, you know, lately it's gotten me a little, my favorite thing has gotten me a little hot and bothered because my favorite thing is, is a really special artist that I sometimes think uh, over the years has gotten short shrift um, uh, and has not gotten the recognition that they, me, that they deserve. I think that theirs was a pioneering voice in a time when their voice was the only voice that was being heard. Um, I'm very angry that the shows that this person wrote have been released to LP, but have never, ever been released to compact disc or to digital format. Like, pissed that this has not happened. Because this is, a, this is an artist who literally does the book, music, and lyrics. Do you know, Rob, how short that category is? Not only that, they were nominated for a Tony Award for Best Music and for best book for the same show and they starred in it 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 makes me and the show ran for two and a half years right if i gave you those facts those facts alone and you're like what and then when people when i go on the the, the message boards and like oh what are the what are some writers that have book music lyrics everyone's always like oh meredith wilson oh michael john lacusa oh you know insert you know even like some of the other uh female composers because this is a female so not only this not she not only that she's a female writer of which there are only a couple of those and then you got jill santoriello this is not tale of two cities um i'm Well, we're running dry already. Uh, There's one other woman named Jill Williams who wrote a a, a musical in the 80s. She wrote book music and lyrics. Everyone always forgets her from the list. Uh, There's Anais Mitchell, of course. Um, You know, there's there's Liz Suedos. There's a new compact album that this is not Liz Suedos. This is actually a woman of color. So this is the first African-American woman. (laughs) Not only that, she's the first woman to be nominated for, 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 for all these things. She had three shows on Broadway that where she was the book music lyric. She starred in one of them. The, the, but it's, it's, Rob, it's the fact that they never transferred a CD that really gets under my skin. And I don't get it. That's actually where I'm really hung up. I, I'm so sorry. I've, I stopped listening because I was like, 
why has this not been released on CD? Go ahead. Go ahead. So Go ahead. We're going to talk about Mickey Grant right yeah. now. We're going to talk about the legendary. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and what it should be is it should be an interview, guys. We should be listening to us talk to her, and we probably, hopefully, will. Uh, she's 90 we, years old. She's born in 1929. Please go, Rob. And then no, I was going to say, we've actually we've been very lucky because Mickey's assistant has been helping us over the past year or so to uh, have her come and talk to us. And we actually met, I don't know if you remember this, Kevin, this is about, about maybe a year or so ago. She was coming in and she got, remember, she got ill and she, oh, she wasn't able to show that. up to the interview. Right. But yeah, we were supposed right. to have her. And yeah. we're still we're still trying. We're still we are still trying, but we yeah. I'm hoping that we'll be able to get her. Yes, I'm sorry. Continue. You know, and, and, and as a side note, you know, it, most a lot of musical theater performers might know her better because you, you might not know her shows because they have not been released to CD. There, there. You, it is hard to find that. that music. Rob, two and a half years. Uh, I, you know, the, her first show that she did in 1971. Don't bother. Don't bother me. I can't cope. Uh, it, it was. It was a hit show. It was well reviewed. Clive Barnes loved it. I mean, it was. It was a. It, it was released on. LP, but when you go to castalbums.org and you go to all the places that tell us where the records are, is there a CD? Is there digitally? No. Uh, so, but we, you, what is recorded are her songs from working because Mickey Grant is very famous at this time period and now for giving us the perspective of the African-American voice in the 1960s and 70s, the African-American female voice, her, her, her show's dealt with feminism with black power um with the protests that were going on in the 60s we're talking about a very volatile time period when she came to new york city in the 60s um talking about slumlords and tenements and ghetto life uh and, and all of these things that were so important and not being voiced especially in american musical theater are you kidding me um and uh, this woman did it all. She did the book, music, and lyrics, and she starred. And so her first show on Broadway, Don't Bother Me, I Can Cope, uh, was an, she won a Grammy Award. She won the Grammy Award for best m- score for a cast album for this show, right? Grammy Award! <laughs> it ran a thousand performances. It kills me. And then people still don't talk about her when they talk. And I, I mean, I, and I have to say, I'm sure it was because she's a black woman writing for musical theater. And I'm, I'm projecting, that's my own opinion. But I, 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 I'm, we have the recordings for Baker Street. We have recordings for some of the, 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 the things that- You're gonna say the worst show is what you were gonna say. You were gonna say and some of the worst Baker shows are recorded. That, but there are plenty of shows that have, that have been transferred onto the compact disc and you think, what the F is going on, why? Okay, just to, so if you, if, listeners, for a primer, for your, if you are saying, Kevin, uh, you might say, Kevin, I know about Mickey Grant. I've heard this. How can I learn more? Or you might just say, I've never heard of this woman. I can't believe all the things you're saying. How do I learn more? I want you to, I want you to, you to go to YouTube. This is your primer. Um, thankfully, you know, the interview that we're going to do will go in more depth, but there is a, an incredible interview on YouTube uh, that the Dramatist Guild put out. Uh, Charlene Woodard, the the great playwright, actress, uh, artist. Yeah, looking now, yeah. She goes to Mickey Grant's house. And it's th- we have a full film crew. They have Steadicams. Uh, Nancy Ford, the writer, you know, I'm getting my act together. And, you know, she, th- this off-Broadway voice at the same time as Mickey Grant, uh, a white female voice. Um, 
is directing this documentary. This is just a couple years ago. And you get Charlene going to her house, interviewing her. It's very casual, even though they're nervous because you could tell that the cameras are there and this is a theater interview. And, but you go in her house, you see the posters, you see her talk about it, you see her, you see her talking, they sit down. Um, they, she, you hear her talk about her family life growing up, her writing process, um, the hurdles that she had to jump through when she came to New York City as an African-American woman, uh, the, her community uh, of, of off-Broadway artists that, that, were her, that were her support system growing up. Uh, Vinette Carroll, who was uh, the first black director on Broadway, she was the, the artist uh, also behind Don't Bother Me, I Can Cope, uh, and, and, and was nominated uh, and with, was her collaborator for years and years and years. We talk about her and hear about her in the Urban Arts Corps um, we, uh, you, you, you just understand her perspective of why she wrote about these shows that no one was writing these, her perspective. So she said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go out and I'm going to write. I'm going to write my perspective. I'm going to be the voice, uh, you know. Uh, and I'm, I'm shocked, Rob, that we don't spend enough time talking about her, that we don't have these albums, that we don't, uh, that they aren't around for us to readily find i i had i couldn't even you know for trivia night we're doing songs from her and i couldn't even find her scores uh to, to, you know there's a couple songs from this show maybe a couple songs in that show but not like the way we find scores to other shows uh and it really drives me crazy oh by the way i should also give you let you guys know that she didn't come to new york just to be a, to uh, be a writer she was a she was a performer. She was a Broadway performer. She she was on you know she was in the Cradle Will Rock when they redid it with Howard De Silva uh, and then in the sixties with Jerry Orbach and she was in that. She was she had a major major career as a performer and a writer and a, an artist altogether. And so the fact that we don't celebrate her more and we don't want to talk about her more uh, it gets under my skin a little bit. Um, and and I'm, I'm I'm happy that we are talking about it now and we have um, you know what's going on in our in our country and our lives uh to help us recognize some of the voices that have been forgotten wrongfully um and so uh it it is my goal to make sure that um mickey grant um is uh, there's no chance she's going to be forgotten but that we remember her and and honor her actively um not just as like sort of oh that happened then but i think we should dive into what she was doing then because there's that then is actually now I, I mean, I think, I'm sorry. I think that's fantastic. I was looking at all, I was trying to find like, where the hell can we listen to this stuff? If it's not, if it's, it's not maddening, Rob, it's really maddening. So, YouTube has some clips. You can go ahead. Sorry. No. So, I mean, I, what I see here on YouTube was the entire um, recording of don't bother me. I can't cope is on there as individual tracks and you can buy it on footlight, but it's the LP it's someone has obviously transferred the record to CD in a like pirated fashion. Do you know what I mean? You're this paying is a, them. Yeah, you're, you're, paying you're them. not paying Mickey. She's, not, she's not, not getting any money for this. So you can go onto YouTube and she won't get any money. Uh, and say, and your arms are too short to box with God also on YouTube, but she's not getting any money. She's not getting any hit. compensation for These this. These shows were big. I'm telling you, hmm. big hits, big hits. And, it, 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 and then when I realized, Rob, doing my research, that they never were transferred, that's when I really got mad. <laughs> I got mad. I just got really mad does charlene I, I don't understand does charlene ask her does she say why has this not been transferred to cd on the interview Mm-mm. Mm-mm. don't think so no. wow okay i i don't i my god 
I got, I have questions. Because the interview is, is a great celebration and is a great, uh, you know, uh, you know, celebration. It's a great lifting up and and, and, and and detail more about the process of writing and what that was like. Um, and you got, my friends, please watch this interview um, because it's really a great perspective and a great retrospective on this incredible artist's life. Uh, and I was lucky enough when we did, uh, we did working, uh, Rob produced it uh, and directed, directed? Yeah, you directed, yeah, directed it. it uh, yeah. And when we did it with uh, Schwartz was, Stephen Schwartz was the host and I uh, music directed and Mickey came, right? That was, because that, she has songs in working. Uh, if I Could Have Been was one of them, uh, Love and Al, uh, The Clean Woman. Um, and uh, and it's, it was an honor to meet her. I was really nervous. Yeah. I was really nervous <laughs> to meet her. I, it was picture and i was i thought my god this is a legend this is a legend with a capital l she's i mean we listen like i said you know one of the things that's difficult for what we do is is we want we want these stories we want these legacies to live on you know i'm hoping that 100 200 years from now people will be listening to to us to hear how theater was done at this at this time in our lives and we we wanted her she said yes she wanted to do it and then you know she got she got ill and we've been trying to arrange it since and we'll keep we will keep trying we're not get we're not giving up by any means because i feel like the story needs to be told but thank god at least we have at least charlene's interview yes. with her it um, has been it, it, it has been captured so i i guess i want to say that even if you know for some reason it doesn't work out uh, listeners th- they have done such a good job with the dramatist guild of uh, it, in fact i was watching it rob and i thought this is like what we would do if we could have all of our interviews you know yeah, if, if yeah. you could video them with a steady cam crew and see it's very casual it's friendly at first cat you know just chit chatting talking about her career in the posters and then they sit down and have a a real in-depth conversation i really you should watch it because it really is a, a beautiful uh interview um and retrospective on this incredible woman's career uh and 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 in many ways you don't i i would do more research but i would say that she's had an indelible impression on a lot of other artists that are standing on her shoulders uh and and maybe don't even realize that they're standing on her shoulders that, that she is absolutely a reason why we have we have she her voice in the 1972 or 1973. I mean, she was the second woman of a second person of color ever to be nominated for a Tony award for, for writing music anyway, you know, Melvin Van Peebles was just the year before, just the year before. So we're talking like, it's not even like, you know, uh, because <clears throat> his was ain't supposed to die a natural death right? you're exactly right I and mean, he's still with us too actually he's still, but, yeah, yeah he's still with but us. he I've definitely tried, yeah. went on to obviously not do broadway and he went on to a different kind of career but yeah, yeah amazing his, career his yeah. first little output was not so bad i mean uh, you know i know in the recent years we've had you know encores um off center did don't bother me i can't cope they did the, just a couple years ago new yeah. york i think did it as one of their mufties um but we would like to see your arms are too short to box with God at some point. And, you know, you brought up a name um, that I would like to talk about, if I may, which is Vinette Carroll, who was her was, was Mickey Grant's frequent collaborator. And also somebody who I don't think gets the credit that she deserves. She was the first African-American woman to direct on Broadway with her 19th Period. Full period stop. <laughs> for Don't Bother Me, I Can't Cope. And are you ready for this? Um, it would be 45 more years before a uh, African-American woman would be nominated uh, to be a, as, as a director. 45 more years. With, um, and Liesl Tommy did that. Vinette Carroll also, I don't think, gets the credit that she deserves. And I think that a lot of her um, 
exploration of like Brechtian themes and her staging is something that she used in her musicals. And people, I think, have taken, took it, you know, took it on. And, you know, these conceptual ideas, I think they took it on. And, you know, I don't think she gets the credit for she, she deserves. She's no longer with us, you know, unfortunately. She died in the early 2000s. But she was one, you know, on our bucket list of, oh, I would love to have interviewed, blah, blah, blah. She would have been, you know, in that, uh, in that, on that list. Aye, 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 aye. Well, thank you for letting me go on that tangent. Uh, it was, it's, uh, it's, it really was uh, fun to do research on it and, and frustrating too. Really frustrating. I, uh, yeah. So we will, let's, let's folks, um, on one hand, I want to say go to YouTube and, and watch. And on the other hand, I'm like, don't go because we need the, f- she needs to get, be, they need to be compensated. Artists need to be compensated for the work that they're creating. But at, at right. the same time, I want her work to to be heard. I know, and yeah. It's so, so, so go, you know, go, so, go, or just watch the interview and, and educate yourself and really learn about the, an artist that um, it could be forgotten for uh, having a lasting impression on so many other people and and being a voice when there was that not that voice. Agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On sure. Broadway, that is, yeah. All right. So what is your favorite thing, my friend? Well, uh, well, I want Mickey. Now it should be Mickey Carroll. I think Mickey Carroll is now my favorite thing. Mine, you know, mine is um, <laughs> we're working, you know, my, my theater company, you know, me, me and Jim Jamero's theater company um, is. Tri- Which is it, called, tell us the, again. Just the, the J2 Spotlight Musical Theater thank Company. Thank you. We're, you know, we're planning. A second season, you know, we're planning a second season in February of 2021. Speaking so. of Baker Street, yeah, totally. It's I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Don't, don't think that's going to be on our list. But we, we we've been talking about what we could do and what we couldn't do, and it, which is always fun because then it's like research time. And so one of the things that we're trying to do, or I'm trying to do, and bless him, Jim is agreeing to it, is trying not to do shows that have been done, done in New York in the past 10 years in any incarnation. But also trying to do shows that like have not really been seen since their their first Broadway production. Wow! And, and so we have you know a list of those, and we're getting very we're getting closer. I'm very excited by some of the titles that you know hopefully will come to fruition. But I was like, oh, Trio Square, no court in, court in time, no, no. What is wrong with you? No, <laughs> we never do, no. Who is wrong? Sorry, I was reading Nonsense Carrie the other day. All right, keep going. I'm so sorry, Rob. I'm so sorry. But Trio Square. No. (laughs) (laughs) The hell is wrong with you? Arms and the Girl. Well, you know, act. Never mind. That's that's one that I'm like, oh, I would be interested. Morton Gould. It's actually not bad. Okay, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Uh, sorry. Or or what is it after you, Mr. Hyde, the Dr. Jekyll? Jack Jekyll and Hyde, one from like it was off Broadway. Mel yes. Mandel, is that his yes. name? Mel Mandel. Um, no, Norman Sachs, right? Norman Sachs and Mel Mandel. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus! I need a life if I can pull those names out of my ass. Nope, that we've fast. lost that. We've lost that long ago, Rob. We've lost. That. I was going to say bed and sofa. Okay, keep going. Oh my God, that was a CD that sat on that Barnes and Noble I tried shelf that never to that. left. I tried listening to it so many times, so many times. I, I don't remember. I I'll, I'll, oh my, sorry. If you wrote bed and sofa, I'm very sorry. Polly Penn, who oh, teaches thanks. at sorry, uh, Polly. NYU. No, 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 no. And, and it's smart. It was because it was very avant-garde. It was very... Uh, was she Goblin Market, too? That's right. Goblin Market, yeah. So very, like, theatrical, very, like, the the the, the music is representative of, of the drama, you know, and it's those singy and all of that, you know. I, rem- I remember those CDs used to sit at Tower Records. <laughs> just nobody, there was no, no, nobody moved them. Sorry. Um, 
I should have bought one. I should have bought one. So anyway, so in doing research, I came across the show. Yes. I came across the show and I was like, oh, I was like, yeah, this show. I'm like, this show. It's like, this show hasn't been done since it was on Broadway. It didn't do well on Broadway, but it was a, it was successful regionally. And I remember seeing a community theater production of it. And I was like, I wonder why it's not done all that much. And I started examining it and I was reading it and I'm like, oh, it's because it's complicated. Design wise, it's complicated. This is design. This is a complicated design. And I was like, I wonder if there's any footage of it online just for me to see if any other like, you know, smaller scale theater had done it. And lo and behold, I was like, oh my God, they actually filmed a version of this show in the 1980s for Showtime. And it's the full show. Is what? Up. The full show is up on YouTube. When was the show originally produced? Uh, in the 1970s, but it came to Broadway in uh, 1976. 1976. It's not Shenandoah. Not Shenandoah. It's not Shenandoah. This, now, this surprised me because this book, I mean, this book, sorry, this musical did not do well. It ran only 60 or so performances. Um, and ironically, it's, uh, sorry, 61 performances. And it's not in Not Since Carrie. <laughs> it's actually not in since Not Since Carrie because I'm so ready and excited to find out. And I out was what... like, so what? I'm like, so what's what's the issue? Then, of course, watching the show, I was like, oh, I kind of, I kind of think I know why. <laughs> it's, is it it's, pearly? What is it? No, no. Actually, what I'm going to give you some, I'm going to give you some clues. May I give you some clues? Please. Um, in the, uh, the the Broadway version, one of the cast members has actually been a guest on our podcast. Uh, another one of the guests um, wa- uh, it was someone you were friends with, and we wanted on the podcast, but we never got him. And oh, um, Gary, yeah, okay, yeah. So it's Gary Beach is uh, Gary Beach, and then uh, Neva Small was in it originally. Oh. oh, oh my gosh! This is the 1976 musical extravaganza. Something's afoot. Oh. Something's afoot. Yes, with the score by what? Oh, there's lots of people. A fame, a Sam. No, I thought it was like some Not classical, what? old school, you know, musical theater writers, though golden age writers, isn't it? No, it's no, it's well, it's James McDonald, Dick Voss. No. I'm sorry, David Voss, Robert oh, Gerlach, and Ed Linderman. Ed Linderman did a bunch of stuff. Um, oh, so yeah, so we got four folks on this. It's directed by Tony Tanner. Um, it was at the Lyceum. Um, it starred Tessie O'Shea. From the girl who came to supper, but before, of course, but before that, it toured with the wonderful Pat Carroll and the fabulous Ursula. Mary Jo. What do you say, Ursula from from Little Mermaid? Yeah. Um, our unfortunate souls and Mary Jo Catlett was in it. It had, I mean, it started off in Atlanta in the early 1970s, and it just sort of made its way around. It went off to good speed. Um, then it was in L.A. And it was this, for those of you that don't know, Something's Afoot is a murder mystery musical. It's modeled off of Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None, which if we all remember, it's a very famous, you know, mystery trope, which is, you know, 10 strangers come together. They're in an isolated mansion. And one by one, they all start dying off. And you're trying to figure out who the murderer is. And there's this sort of detective character that Tessie O'Shea played originally. But folks, in this Showtime TV version that was filmed, I believe, in 1981. It stars in the Tessie O'Shea role, Gene Stapleton. 
Gene Stapleton. What? Yes, Gene Stapleton. Best, uh, we, of course, from such great musicals as, you know, Bells Are Ringing and Damn Yankees, but probably best known to television audiences as Edith the Bunker in All in the Family and the woman who turned down the role of Jessica. Song by Charles Strauss. I was just going to say, fa- get, tell me fast. Who wrote? He didn't get the- his money, though. He didn't get his money. He's pissed about it. He's pissed. He wants a higher cut. He he's still angry about it. He's like 112 years old and is like, Norman Lear owes me money. Um, so basically, cats. So anyway, so well, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I I'm so happy that you brought this up because I have the score of it. Uh, strangely, and yep. it's been a show that's eluded me that I I. Uh, <laughs> There is no cast recording of this show. Folks. Nope. There, there is none, um, and uh, which is which is surprising because you would have think it would have been recorded at some point. Um, but so this show sixty performance. There's shows that only ran one performances that had a cast recording re- back yeah. then. You know what I mean? I mean, this is so, no, no. So somehow, so some for some reason, Showtime decided to like film it, and when they filmed it, folks, they it's at this theater in Canada, a very large set. And once you watch the show, I think you'll realize why design wise, it's not something that you know community theaters or smaller theaters like myself can actually accomplish well. Um, I remember seeing it at a community theater and they actually did a really nice job of it, but I don't, I, I mean, it's very, it's very tricky. So Gene Stapleton. They thought to even do it. I just yeah, love I, that I, thought. I, I, I couldn't get over it when I saw it. My, my community theater did some winners. We did, they did Brownstone. That's how I first got exposed to Brownstone. You'd never recognize my the room. room. Yes. Strangers you don't even know. Strangers <laughs> above, strangers below. <laughs> right? Is that it? Did I do it right? And I like how you be low, like going up for the high note when you're saying something that's the opposite of it really right? gets me on a lyric. You know what I mean? Like when you're doing the, uh, oh, I never know, even thought of below. that. Like that's not be below. But that right? Would make Should it be because strangers, strangers above, strangers below. <laughs> right? Below. They, they go opposite, right? Strangers above, strangers below. Yeah, wow. I never thought of that before. Okay, great. Well, I don't know. I, well, I think you just gave me a singing lesson. I just think I learned something interesting. So yeah, my community theater, Caneo Players, they did, they did obscure shit. They did a brownstone, ruthless rags. They did rags. Oh, bless whoever, whoever was in charge. Bless they were, for they like... were great. They, they did some really good shows. So anyway, uh, but they did some things of fun. I remember seeing it. So anyway, um, it's, it's so now folks, it is on YouTube. It's in two parts, act one, act two. Uh, <laughs> as opposed to, I don't know what two parts it would be. <laughs> parts A, part B. Um, and Jean Stapleton is actually, I mean, she's fantastic. I, I, it's I with really her? like wait, her. Are you kidding me? It's with actually. Well, yeah, Jean Stapleton. Not, wait, not, not only is it Jean Stapleton, it's also wait. Andy Gibb from the Bee Gees is also in it. So they, I don't what know. The- here, here's what I don't know, folks. I don't know if this was like a production and they were like, let's film the production. Or if they were like, we want to film it, let's put it in front of an audience and here we go. Oh my gosh, she's right, you guys. It's really. I love when you, when you show me stuff, Rob, that I almost would never believe. If someone were to say something's afoot was actually recorded and a couple of years after it was on Broadway, this flop show with the cast, and it's on YouTube, I would not believe it. And 
Uh, Here it is, folks. It's right there. there. Something's afoot, part one and two. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, I think this is interesting because we don't have a recording of it. It's really not done all that much. Um, and I think once you watch the show, you'll be like, oh yeah, this kind of this kind of makes sense <laughs> of like why it's not done a lot. Um, it's very charming. It's I think it's very charming. I know that it didn't get the best reviews, and Walter Kerr in his review made a really good point. He said, "There's really I'm going to quote him. He said, there's no such thing as a musical that is also supposed to be a whodunit.'" The reason is the music totally relaxes the suspense and the suspense makes the music seem intrusive. And it's a, I think it's a really valid point. I think it's a really valid point. You know, I think Drood can get away with it. I think Drood can get away with it because I think in Drood, I don't, I don't know how much you're actually interested in the mystery. You know what I mean? Am I, I wrong? Like Stephanie Block, give me Stephanie Block. Just make her sing. Like she I want to. She exa- did it. Just I want like, Let me have her. Exactly. I want Stephanie to come and sing. Was it called Moonfall? So anyway, th- you can watch it. The, the footage is a little grainy, but at least you get an exposure to a show that I don't know. You're just not going to see it all that much, folks. Um, so that was mine. Mine was in, and needless to say, I, we we looked at it for our theater, and then very quickly we're like, I don't. Think is that how you found it, Rob? Because my question, my yeah. follow up was going to be like, how yeah. in the world did you find this random show well, it's you know that you I don't watch man of la mancha but you <laughs> saw you saw you said oh something you won't watch you don't watch you know michael john lecuse's wild party but you know this random show that was a flop in the 70s it has a, a reunion cast for showtime in 1982 in january <laughs> and rob snyder says hey sign me up for this one guys this is I, what i gotta watch Gene <laughs> stapleton done I think I have seen more productions of like applause than I've ever seen one production of Man of La Mancha. And I, I watched have, that one production. And it's, I have no shame about that. No, I mean live. I mean live. Oh. I have seen more live productions of applause than some pretty big standard musicals, one of them being Man of La Mancha. No, I think we all actually, and, and, and I, what I appreciate from you telling that me that, because it's, it's quite amusing, and of course we're going to take the piss out of you for it, because we all, I think we all have those. I would love to know Peter, Fel- oh, I don't, I'm sure Peter Felicia doesn't have one. But I, no, everyone's, I bet you there is a show to have. Everyone's got to have like that one show or two shows that is so popular that you're kind of a little ashamed to say that you really don't know, nor do you really care to know. It's just, you just haven't gotten around to it yet. Just I haven't s- gotten there. I saw Cats very late in my life. I saw Phantom very late in my life. That was my um, gateway. I've never seen a production of Miss Saigon, although after talking to Richard Maltby, I feel like I have seen a production of Miss Saigon. Um, he's very detailed. <laughs> I love him. Um, but yeah, I've never... Yeah, but I, I think I've seen, like I said, more productions of Applause, and I've seen something like Man of La Mancha. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I don't I know if I've ever seen The King and I. Hmm? I don't know if I've ever seen. I must have. I must have seen The King and I at some point. Oh, I got to see it with Kelly O'Hara, and it was glorious. I. You know what? It was a good day. I saw it with Debbie Gibson. Oh. I saw it with Debbie Gibson at Cabrillo Music Theater in Thousand Oaks, California. Mm-hmm. I did. What? So my buddy did, my buddy Kip uh, Driver, I I did Lame Is With, he did um, Cinderella with Debbie Gibson, and Mm -hmm. they became best friends. He said she was actually the most lovely performer. Oh, yes, yeah. She she took the theater very seriously. Yes, oh, yes. Uh, And to this day, I mean, she just, he was, it was his, it was his birthday, 50th birthday, and she sent a greeting, you know, one of the, uh, uh, you know, a video message. Um, She's a very strong theatrical person uh, and and loves it, but bless her. Oh, my God, I cannot believe that you saw (laughs) 
I, you know, Jesus, I'm I'm a horrible person. What's 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 her big song? <laughs> what's, what's, uh, well, she in the '80s and the early '90s. Out of the blue was her what, big what, one. How does out, out of the, the blue? blue. Yeah, it was like, and then there's something about jeans, like they're blue jeans. There was a song about blue jeans, and oh gosh, listeners, and my sister and I grew up with these songs, and I, it's been so long that I don't remember. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at her list. I famously was in uh, uh, on Playboy. That was her big oh. controversial sort of comeback. I, I'm not a little girl anymore. Hey, I get, I get her. Confused. Look at these. I love you, honey. I love you, honey. I can't, thank you, Amos. Sorry, that was get, just really horrible. I get terrible. I get confused with Tiff with her and Tiffany. I get her and Tiffany confused. I don't know mm, why. I, I think, think we're, we're alone, alone now. Mm. Have wait, have you ever seen that documentary about Tiffany called I Think We're Alone Now? About the guy who's obsessed with her? It's an actual Oh Oh, I feel like like a super fan. It's very bizarre. I have a habit of starting things and then not finishing them, and I feel like I started it and then I I do. It's a weird Your thing. Your wife must I, be very satisfied. <laughs> I felt I felt the same way with Man of La Mancha. I started it and I couldn't fit. I watched Linda Etter and I'm like, that's if the whole that show is, is this. Prob- no, you cannot. That is not even close to what that show is. The show is actually a really great piece. It's very theatrical. You need a great actor. It has to be done well. Um, it, I loved it. I. Oh you know what I'm going to do? This is crazy. I'm so sick and tired of disappointing you. I am going to listen to it tonight. I will listen to it tonight. I will listen to it tonight. And... I will then tomorrow. I will do the wild party. Listen to the Brian Stokes Mitchell, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Now, so what, not Mary the original. Elizabeth, you can listen to the original. It's fine, but you know, you as well as I know, just like we teach our students, when you listen to the old ones, you're going to have to filter it through the the time period, right? Because the the we have different aesthetics that we have now. And now I don't have to tell you this because you know this, but I just, I love the, that revival. I thought that revival was so beautiful. Um, and Maren Maisie, of course, took over for Mary Elizabeth, but, um, Dulcinea, Dulcinea, right? That's the one. I see heaven when I see the Dulcinea. Oh God. It's so beautiful. Okay. It's so gorgeous. I will. And, and, and it's it, it's a Dear Evan Hansen story. I mean, like it's like a it's like a guy who like is not successful, and he's I, I shouldn't have made it Dear Evan Hansen. I'm, it, it just it, it, it he's, he's 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 the typical antihero, right? I mean, like he tries to do the right thing, but actually does not help at all, and yet inspires other people from the acts of of what he does. Right? It, he's on a fool's mission, um, and that's um, that's actually what I felt about Dear Evan Hansen. It needed more windmills. Right, tilt at the windmills. Right, trees, windmills, same right. thing. Isn't that the big Don Quixote thing? Tilt at the windmills. Yeah, well, not. I mean, not, no. He he. It's the whole idea is that like he sees the windmill. He doesn't see a windmill. He sees it as the enemy, and and it's the idea that what he sees or what somebody can see is not the reality of what you see, and yet they feel so passionately passionately about that that you you almost get swept up in it that you get swept up in their passion and the, the, the belief that they have. And you want, then, then you almost want to believe it by the end. And you want to subscribe to this idea that you could see the world in a whole other way that like, perhaps, you know, and, and so when you're chasing at windmills, yeah, you're, you're, cha- you're, you're, it's a fool's errand. And yet that he's a fool because he believes so deeply in what he's going after that like you almost are envious of his passion. 
You almost okay. wish you could believe in something the way that he believes in something and that he's willing to die to make a change and to fight for this whore named Dulcinea. Well, he calls her Dulcinea. Her name's Aldonza. And that, but he doesn't see her as a whore. He sees her as the most beautiful maid in the world. And she thinks he's mocking you. Like, how dare you? Why would you treat me this way? Nobody treats me this way. Um, it's, it's a really... It's Am I going to cry? I don't know. No, you're not going to cry unless it's done well. That's the problem with musicals. It's it's done poorly. It's done by Linda Etter singing I Am I Don Quixote. If you remove yourself from the given circumstances and like the reason why all these songs are written in the first place, then you remove yourself from the drama and, and why it can be so good. But if you're not, then it's just shitty musical theater. And that's just, that just sucks. That just, I mean, then you could just, then you just sit back and laugh at it. Right. Then it's just, you know, because it, it's not like opera. Like, bad opera is just bad. But at least bad musical theater, you sit back and you like, all right, well, we're going to, you know, let's just like have and a little joke. Don't forget, join us next week, folks, when our guest is Linda Etter. <laughs> we'll come in and defend herself. <laughs> My God, songs I never. No, you know what? It's so sad because in in and I shouldn't say this on air, but I'm going to. In college, you know, and when you're in theater school, you're really working on music and and artists, and you're trying to tell stories, and and, and so it, it it works best if you if you actually sing the best stories. I actually would teach as well, sing the, the poorly written songs, because then if you can make those work, then that's good too. But we weren't actually allowed to sing Frank Wildhorn's songs because our teacher was like, We'd ra- I'd rather you sing other artists. I'd rather you sing that. I, I shouldn't say that, but I that really was, they, it wasn't like they're bad. It was just, I, I think you're going to get more out of singing Sondheim or Maltby and Shire, especially Maltby and Shire. We'd love Maltby Oh my Shire God, Maltby and Shire. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're such story songs, so you really can get a lot out of the acting of it. Just there's just you know how many how many versions of I chose right did you say go by in your college? One I sang that. I oh fuck! Got, I'm sorry. I, I no, it's a big joke because I I I remember I sang it for an audition. I thought I cannot believe that I'm going to sing. I chose right. And maybe in college. Yeah, I. Also, every scene study class is like, um, he better have he better have your lips, my eyes. eyes. That is da, da, da. and then the sperma picture us in the spermatozoa. Da, 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 going. Oh yeah. It's uh the, the And they always I'm gonna us. say this, they always picked a kid that you were like, I don't think he'd be married to her. Nope. 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 Not gonna happen don't think he would be married to her but let's <laughs> we're all making choices today That's right. we we did oh my god i'm trying to think now in colleges i saw some like there were some staples the uh, baby was a big one that was a big oh my god oh, what's that boring scene from she loves me which nobody could ever figure out the um, which, the, the two female one or the male the female two, one? the two women and they're doing they're wrapping uh, the gifts they're, they're yes, of the, co- the classic the disc of course we're like i don't know his name yes uh, I don't know his name or where and he came from. Oh, it's great. And they always picked like the brassiest girl to be. Uh, uh, what? Not Amalia. What's her name? Alona. <laughs> Alona. Slowly. Who gets like shafted like in that song? Because like, totally. Alo- uh, Amalia just like runs over her and Alona's she just like, hey, I'm over here. her. <laughs> You're like, I'm here. That was a bit, you know, you know what? At Penn State, you know what they love doing as a two-person scene, and I could never figure it out for the life of me. Night letter 
from two gentlemen of Verona. I know, right? Horrible scene. Horrible scene. Just do the Shakespeare. Just do the original. I'm like, don't say. Well, well, Penn State. Just Penn State had a scene into song class. Yeah, of course. Oh yeah, duets, duets, and of course, you know, the person teaching it had not seen the musical after 1980, so it was just sort of like, (laughs) "Where's my other shoe? Where's my other shoe? Barcelona, Barcelona would come up. Yeah, where's my other shoe?" Barcelona. That's where she loves me. Barcelona from Company, of course. I, I chose right. It was a big one. Classic. Um, then they got the two funniest girls, and I'm using that in quotation marks, to do Stepsisters Lament, which is, it's amazing how you can take a song that's funny and not make it funny. I kind of feel like that maybe was the accomplishment of that, of that assignment. And sometimes uh, there's always a woman. The song cut from anyone can whistle. Oh, there's always a yes. woman. Uh, de- 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 to spoil yeah. the illusion, the rotten yeah, banana that ruins song. the bunch. It's a great, it's a great, great song. It's a good lyric too. Um, it's a course. yeah, but it's also not so fun to watch when it's like a bunch of nineteen-year-olds that have no idea what the hell any of this Guys is. and dolls. There's that duet. Wh- which one? Oh no, when my, no, that's not a duet. No, right? the whole I've never one. been in love before. That one. No, no sue me. The, sue between me? the two ladies at the end. Oh, that horrible. The worst. Like that did set women back twenty years. Marry the man today. That's um, right. Trouble oh, though, teen. Have a have a baby. One, two, three. Ah! Well, Marry now wait man. a minute. Wait a minute. You bring up a really interesting point. You know, I heard this. I don't know if this is true. I'm sure somebody will correct us. That that song, which was, I mean, I I view it differently. I always view it like these two women are like, I, we're so sick and tired of oh. being like females who were just waiting for if, oh no 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 we would we would direct it in a complete i would direct it in a completely different way absolutely I agree with you of and course so, and so no, no and so these two women are like you know we're, we, we've played these these roles for so long and so now i don't give a fuck what society says we're going to be the quote-unquote man in the relationship and we'll take over and that's mm-hmm. how i've always envisioned that song do you know that they cut it from the movie in the 50s because they were like no women shouldn't be seeing that that's what I've always heard. That the reason it was cut from the movie was because they were like, "This isn't a really good idea." To no, show women they just they didn't want to give women that much time Seri- on the screen. Seriously, they wanted to spend more time with Frank Sinatra, and you know that's really Adelaide. Like- Adelaide, ever loving Adelaide is taking a chance. <laughs> right? Remember that they gave him one song, which I actually kind of like. I kind of like. I listen. I will say this about the Guys and Dolls movie. I like Adelaide as a song. I like that Nathan sings in Guys and Dolls. It doesn't. It doesn't bother like me. Like sing sings. It not doesn't just bother like, me. And he does in the all black recording, of course, because it's you know. Oh, that's right. He does. He really sings Robert Guillaume, and he really Robert. Oh Guillaume no, it's not. Sing. That's Nathan. That, he's not. Oh, he's, James Randolph. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, James he, Randolph. James was, Randolph, like really stings. No, no, really no, 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 no. Robert Guillaume was Nathan. James Randolph. I am was right, Sky. right. Yeah, yeah. James okay, Randolph thank was you. Sky. Yeah, because it was because it was kind of controversial because he's like a sexy Nathan. He's kind of like hot I, that. That doesn't bother me that he's a sexy Nathan. It does, right? That doesn't bother Why me. Why can't he be? Why is he got to be like character Nathan? That I mean, he can't be. That's great, but can't he you can kind of like see like Robert why Guillaume? she's sticking. Robert Guillaume was sexy. You know, he was supposed to be the. F- oh no, he was. He was. He was the Phantom in Los Angeles. He did the yes, Phantom in Los I know. Angeles. Yeah. yeah. For, yeah, Talk he's got a that. he's got a great voice. Well, this is uh, well. Oh, I, thank I, you for is, tuning on to this extended uh, episode. <laughs> your bonus episode of it's two for the price of one today, folks. We will well, not now. Well, now I'm curious. For can you also, hours. folks? Can you also name some like 
scene studies that you've done with musical theater because i'm trying Tell to think of all the stereotypical ones the classic one you know barcelona i mean i oh i loved it i just i wonder loved, what the kids do now because um, we've been out of college for so long i wonder what right the kids they, do now. you're right they do stuff from like dog fight but you know it's all off Broadway shows. fight they, is a big one i love you because i i don't know um i love you because <laughs> god help the outcasts I love you because, oh my God. I I wonder if they did anything from Brownstone. Be a good one for kids. Oh, no way. That's the 80s. That's so old, Rob. When I I taught scene study class, I threw in a scene from Romance Romance. Ancient. It's not too late. That was was my big one. I love it. That's good. I I love Romance Romance. Well, if you folks, last night of the world, that was a big one. In a place that won't let us right? feel in a land when nothing seems real. Oh, 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 oh. I just thought of one and then I'll let you go. I'm so sorry. Okay. I, I can't believe I forgot this. They did this in every freaking class and it was always the assignment that they gave to the girl who felt inhibited. And they're going to have, right? You know what I'm talking about? It was always the girl and the guy that were inhibited and they were like, we're going to really challenge them. So we're going to have them do light my candle from rent what were you gonna say <laughs> so you're not gonna believe this i just remembered this in my college this is so college they did the opening they did the opening of passion where they're having sex <laughs> they did it remember i just remember. in a classroom like with the fluorescent lights but, on and everything yeah, their clothes on. <laughs> with their clothes on they had sex with their clothes on <laughs> What a rush. Do, 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 oh my God. It's the undulating, right? It starts with an orgasm. It um, starts I'm with so an orgasm. I'm afraid because like the climax and the music is her. Cl- Hello. Um, and then do, oh do, my do, God. Do, it's the, it's, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I, I just remember. Like them Unworthy of your love life. was a big one. Remember Unworthy oh, of classic. Your unworthy of your love of course but that had no dialogue so that was if it was just to do it like lily's eyes for two guys to sing i sang lily's eyes that was our big song and i that was like a big she thing. has her eyes oh well you would sound gorgeous Remember? on it i would oh, listen to on. you sing it but i wonder you, kids what are the k kitties what are, what are the new scenes that you do oh Imagine oh, me oh, oh, oh 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 how could i forget Something what? we're meant to be. Oh, right, Little Women on the beach with the kite, uh, and it was. And you always kid let that, me go, the, Beth. Okay, I'm. <laughs> the kid who would bring in a kite always got extra credit because you were like, "Wow, they're really committed." They they went out and they bought a kite. Don't Remember play that? the sadness of the music. Don't, Don't play, play the, the mentality. Play against it. Play. Your sister's not dying. Play against it. But focus on the. Let kite. her go. You're gonna let her go. Let her go. But oh my god! It's okay, I, to let her go. I always hey, loved. You're you. welcome. Say thank you. <laughs> I loved that day in scene study because that kid would have to drag that fucking kite around through all their classes, right? Because they weren't going back to their apartment. Ooh, they had to drag that not. fucking kite all around. That was oh, a big man. one. And and then if you had an odd number of of kids in your class, those three. <laughs> <laughs> those three women, they, those three matchmaker, ladies, they do, matchmaker, 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 or, matchmaker. Or I won it all from baby, of course. <laughs> oh yeah, and they would always be, and, the, and there was that one girl Character you were like, girl. and you're like, you're gonna be Beth. 
<laughs> you're like, sorry, you're always gonna play the old lady. I'm, yeah, you're always. How, if we're gonna do cabaret next year, you're for Schneider. Schneider. I, you know, yeah, sorry, that's just how it's gonna be. Everyone had those those girls in in the college that always got to play those character roles. Oh my god, they. You know they, what? They worked first too. <laughs> they do. They do, but the, you know, here they go. They're putting, they're putting the powder in their hair. They're gonna play for all on Schneider. Here it comes, right? Oh man, well this was fun. This was fun. That was a nice little trip down memory lane. I hope. Hope we didn't bore you, folks. Thanks for listening. Honestly, I have no idea how long that was. I, <laughs> I, I have no up. idea how long this. I laughed is. harder than I've laughed in a long time, so that was fun. For all I, <laughs> I, I, I have to go because I need to listen to Brownstone and get ready for our voice lesson. All right, folks. So once again, go take a listen to Mickey Grant on uh, on on uh, YouTube. Yeah, watch that interview with Charlene Wooder. Just just Google Mickey Grant dramatist guild and it'll the first thing that pops up is the interview please watch that it is your that is your 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 primer that is your your first it's 40 minutes it's so good it, it's it's actually very well produced go ahead no no that's and then for for you know for a laugh go ahead and take a look at gene stapleton in something's afoot and it's very bizarre she doesn't use the edith bunker voice so it's it's a little jarring at first you're like why is she putting on that character voice and you're like oh no that's actually her real voice Oh my god, I love it. We had the same agent when I moved to New York. My first agent I signed with was had the same was Gene Stapleton. Yeah, Karen Goldberg in in, in two thousand two, uh, and they still had her as a client, Karen Goldberg. Yeah, you and, and then you, they, yeah. Did you get they, sent they in for school. this? They were like old school. You walked in and the guy was like smoking a cigarette, and there was smoke coming out of like the office. I mean, it was oh, it was a that. straight up old school, you know, you know, New York story. It was yeah. Did you guys get Gene Stapleton for a lot of the same the shows? Thing. Oh yeah, always definitely. Yeah, yeah. We often bumped into each other in the audience. Gene, it was really awkward. If Gene isn't available. We'll call Kevin and vice versa. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. She was supposed to be train. in a little night music. You know that? Yeah, yeah. She was going to be Mr. Erlinson. It was really she weird. Was very they, excited. they wanted that ghost-like sound, and I said, you know, Gene can do it way better than me. You, you, should, you guys should talk to. And then I did it, and they thought, well, I guess we should go with her. But I bet you she would have been a great Madame Armfelt, though. Oh. Definitely, I, she would, she actually would have been really much more type appropriate than I think probably Lansbury, but definitely, she would have been actually she would have been really good. It's a shame they never did it at a gonquet with Sally Struthers, and they could have had a reunion. All well, right, you never know. There's yeah, well, still you time. Know. There's you still know, time she, next season, my friend. If Joyce DeWitt doesn't get it, then Sally Struthers is in. Oh my God! Although I, she usually works at uh, North Shore, so I don't know. They might have to compete. So if, we'll see. If I could do a production of tonight, a little man, night music. Going. And it was Joyce DeWitt as Desiree, and it was Eve Plum from the Brady Bunch as, as Charlotte, and then the old the Betty, oldest production ever, Betty White, and then Betty White. That would be great. What do you mean the oldest production? Frederica's Anna Kendrick, Cloris Leachman, Cloris Leachman, Cloris Leachman. No, Audrey McDonald could play Frederica. That's I mean we're like. I think everyone's age age type. Right? We, we just right. we just moved everybody up a little bit. All right, oh my God. if that's you stayed it, with us this this long, thank you. You need a life. You need a life. <laughs> Something's afoot. Go listen. Oh gosh. All right. Bye. Bye, folks. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things.
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.